Hey, this is the Kendra the Vet Tech Podcast. I'm David, and this is my wife Kendra. Hi, I'm Kendra the Vet Tech. Alright, for today, I wanted to introduce you to my wife. Uh, she's a veterinary technician, been doing it how many years? Uh, coming up on six years now. Okay, so my wife, she grew up on a farm as basically a cowgirl, and she was two-time runner-up Miss Rodeo Kansas and Miss Rodeo Kansas State University, uh, loves animals, went and was a veterinary assistant, studied a couple years after getting her bachelor's degree in a different subject. She studied a couple years at a vet tech school and got her degree there and was valedictorian. Do you have anything to add or expound on about that? No, I think you pretty much covered it. So I think we'll go ahead and delve into things today. I am currently a licensed veterinary technician. The majority of my experience has been in a mixed animal practice. I did work in a small animal exclusive practice while I was going to vet tech school. And since I've been out of school, I've really developed a passion and sort of a little bit of a soft spot for beginners in this field. So people who are starting out in their education or have just graduated and starting out in this wonderful career. So that's kind of what the material in the podcast is going to be geared towards, people who are just starting out in this field. And that's kind of become my my philosophy is we were all beginners once. Okay. So for today, one of the things we want to do is basically talk about the four top questions that come up on Google when you Google veterinary technician. And the first one is how much money does a vet tech make per year? So how much money you make really varies on the area of the United States that you're in and what type of practice it is that you're going into. So in small animal practice, veterinary technicians are really heavily utilized. So they'll be paid a little bit more than you you would be in a mixed animal or large animal equine only practice. Typically, the average will be around 30000 a year, and some of that will also depend on your level of experience coming in as a new technician. So if you were an assistant before and have had lots of hands-on work and lots of exposure to veterinary medicine prior to getting your license. It also uh, depends on where you live, right? Because I know when we lived in Kansas, uh, you made way less than you make here in Washington State. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like I said, the area of the United States makes a big difference. You know, in the Midwest right now, I believe minimum wage is around $10 an hour or so, whereas over here on the West Coast, where we are now in Washington, the minimum wage is actually going to be going up to $13 an hour after the first of the year. So, our starting hourly wage ranges are quite a bit higher out here on the West Coast. What's the most you've made per hour as a veterinary technician? <laughs> uh, as a veterinary technician, the most I made per hour was $23 an hour. And that was because I was also considered the lead technician at that clinic. So not only were my responsibilities limited to practicing as a licensed veterinary technician, but I was also in charge of equipment maintenance, supervising other technician and assistant staff at the practice. Okay. So the second top question on Google is, what does a vet technician do? 
So the role of a veterinary technician within practice is very wide. They provide nursing care for patients. They also do take radiographs, dispense medications, administer medications, perform anesthesia, so that includes induction and maintenance, endotracheal intubation. Okay, you're saying a bunch of things. I don't understand any of those things. For, for I'm assuming a beginner vet tech is going to be somewhat like me where they don't understand all those $20 words. <laughs> so let's explain that a little bit more simply if we could. Sure. So nursing care can be broken down into what you think of for human medicine. So providing comfort for patients who are maybe a little bit fearful, which most of our patients are. They're coming into a new place that smells different to them. It's not their home. So just that baseline comfort. And then also taking vitals, performing physical exams on patients. So vitals being temperature, heart rate, respiratory rate, and doing a general physical exam, checking out their body condition, their skin condition, coat condition, and then collecting history from the clients. So asking how the pet's been doing at home, if they're noticing any differences, if they're on any medications, things of that nature. We collect all that from the clients. And then the next part goes into surgical nursing. So that's where the anesthesia comes in. So anesthesia is also something that we're familiar with with human medicine. So putting them under general anesthesia. We put a tube in their trachea that puts them on oxygen and inhalant gas so that they will stay anesthetized for the duration of their procedure. So all things encompassing that aspect of the surgery is left up to the veterinary technician, as well as calculating drugs for the pre-medications for the patient and making sure that they, they stay appropriately anesthetized for the duration of the procedure. Then radiographs is just the fancy word for x-rays. So we're trained to do x-rays. A lot of technicians also have further schooling in ultrasounds. So you may see some technicians performing ultrasounds as well. Other things we do are collect lab samples. So another $20 word, phlebotomy, that's one of my favorites. Collecting blood samples from patients. I really enjoy collecting blood samples. Collecting other lab samples, they can vary from fecals to let's, skin scraping. Let, let's break in here. Why do you enjoy poking needles into animals? Because that's that's one thing I wonder. That would that would weird me out. Yeah. So I don't know. I just have this weird satisfaction, and I think it's because sometimes you can't always see where you're going. You kind of get this really fine-tuned skill of being able to just feel the vein and knowing your anatomy really well and just going for it. And then, you know, when you hit that vein on one that might be a little bit trickier, a small cat, fat dog, a dog with lots of droopy skin around its neck, uh, which is typically where we poke on animals for, for blood draws, is their jugular vein, so the vein in their neck. And I just, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Uh, and you are better at it than most people, or do you do you enjoy that fact? Or well, I like to think I'm pretty good at it, <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, and over the course of my career, I have become that person, and, and it's a point of pride for me that I've seen this growth in myself from being the person that has to turn over the needle after two unsuccessful attempts. That's another tip I will give you guys. Is it's not very kind to poke an animal more than three times. So if you don't get it twice, pass it off to somebody 
who's a little bit more experienced. So I've become that person over the last years of my career here. And so it is a point of pride for me that, you know, if somebody's struggling, I'm the person they call and, and I enjoy filling that role. All right. So that's, that's a few of the things the veterinary technician does. I know they do more, but we'll get into that in future episodes. Yeah. In future episodes, we'll talk about utilizing the technician in different aspects of practice. We'll have some other guest speakers in veterinary medicine, and we'll go further into the, the very long list of roles that technicians fill. Okay. So the next two questions on the four top questions can kind of probably be answered together. They are, how do you become a veterinary technician, and how long do you have to go to school to be a vet tech? So in order to become a veterinary technician, you actually have to graduate from an AVMA-accredited two-year veterinary technology program. What is AVMA? So AVMA is the American Veterinary Medical Association, and so they are in charge of making sure that the standards at the school are where they should be to produce a veterinary technician that is qualified as an entry-level technician. So you have to graduate from one of those programs with a degree in Associates of Applied Sciences in Veterinary Technology. And that's two years? That, just the Veterinary Technology program is two years. So since you are graduating with an Associates degree, there are Gen Eds as well. So depending on how studious you are, it could take three to four years. Okay. And how, what's, what's the path to becoming a veterinary technician? Like, what, what was your path? How did you decide to do that in life? Well, I took the long way around. So initially, I went to Kansas State University, and I received my Bachelor of Science degree in Criminology and Sociology with a minor in Animal Sciences, and graduated wanting to go into law enforcement. And after a couple of years of doing that, I realized that animals were truly my passion, having grown up on a dairy farm that was one of my favorite things was doctoring animals when they were feeling sick. And I was always kept home from school when it was vet day. So my parents were kind enough to let me stay at home and participate in the vet visits. So I went back to school once I realized that you could get a degree that wasn't a DVM and participate Which in... Which is a doctor. Yeah, a doctor, doctor of veterinary medicine. medicine. So a veterinarian. And that was what I was searching for was I knew I didn't want to be a veterinarian, but I wanted to be a knowledgeable and educated part of a medical team. And so I found veterinary technology, thank goodness, and I enrolled in the program at Maplewoods. So it's the campus at Metropolitan Community College in Kansas City. And I went through their two-year program. It did only take me two years to get my veterinary technology degree because I already had my bachelor's, so I didn't have to do all those gen eds at that time, but you do have to have your degree to sit for your national board exams after you graduate in order to actually get your license. Okay, and then what did you do from there? What, you mean after I graduated? Yeah, how did you get a job doing what you're doing? Well, I worked in a small animal practice the two years that I was in school, and I was fortunate enough to get an entry-level assistant position. Actually, I was hired as a receptionist, and that lasted all of one month. And they, quote-unquote, promoted me to an assistant position in that practice. So I worked as an assistant for two years while I was in school. And then I just looked for jobs. You know, large animal is, that is my calling, I feel like. I really enjoy working with the large animals. But I also 
want to work with multiple species. So that was where I started looking at mixed animal practices and applying it mixed animal practices. And I will tell you that the learning curve at those practices is pretty steep because you're working with so many different species. The mixed animal practice I was at, uh, we did nine different species there. So do veterinary technician degrees, do most of them concentrate on kind of what's going to be your average clinic with a small animal practice or how, do, how does that work? So most of our schooling is around small animal medicine, just because veterinary technicians are more highly utilized in small animal practices. And what I mean by that is their skills are put into use more frequently at the small animal practices, just because of the nature of the doctor to technician ratio. There's usually multiple technicians to one doctor. So one doctor could theoretically be running two appointments at the same time because they have technicians to run diagnostics for them during those appointments. But we'll talk about that more in further episodes about schooling and how to go about that and kind of what happens post-graduation. The next episode, I'd really like to go into how to become a veterinary technician. So we'll talk more about that, different school options and where you go from there with the national exams that I kind of already mentioned and getting your license post-graduation. So the next episode, we're, we're kind of glossing over a little bit about the top Google questions, but the next episode, you want to do a deep dive into how to become a veterinary technician. Yeah, exactly. So next time, I'd really, really like to get more into this about how you become a veterinary technician, what that path looks like, and what happens after graduation, becoming an actual entry-level technician. All right. Well, I guess uh, tune in for the next episode. That was our first inaugural episode of Tender the Vet Tech. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you don't hear too much baby noise in the background because we have a kid that that we're trying to keep quiet during this. Uh, But tune in next time. And I'd like to leave you with a tech tip for today. So get out and shadow at some different clinics if you think this is a field that you want to get into. Even if you've worked in veterinary medicine for a long time, different clinics utilize technicians in different ways. So get out there, take a look around, see what's out there, and see what technicians do. If you have any burning questions before the next episode comes out, be sure to send it to my Facebook page, Kendra the Vet Tech, or an email at myvettechlife at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Hey, you're you're also on Instagram too, right? Oh, yeah, Instagram, Kendra the Vet Tech. Yeah, we're, we're working on getting that up and going. So uh, go ahead and follow her on Instagram as well. All right. Until next time, guys.